Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Stu Massengill from Finding Direction Podcast. And if you want to learn how to find direction through your network, you should listen to the Build Your Network Podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know, and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Network Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Stu Massengill. Stu is a national trainer for Tony Robbins and the founder of the Finding Direction Podcast. Before working with Tony, Stu grew a business to eight figures at the age of 20 and beat cancer at age 23. Through all of these experiences, it has led Stu to helping people find their fullest potential and move the unconscious blocks out of the way so that they can fully unleash. Guys, it's gonna be such an amazing conversation. I love having people on with the kind of energy that Stu brings. But before we get into that, I wanna ask you all a quick question. Have you ever tried booking big name guests for your podcast or your YouTube channel you know, virtual summit blog or any other content you're creating, but just getting lost in email hell, you know, being locked out by gatekeepers or unable to confirm solid dates with these people. Or maybe you just want to bring more attention to your content or the business that you have by being a guest on other people's shows. But you're just not sure how to formulate your pitch or get a hold of the right hosts or anything like that. And trust me, as a top 25 business podcaster, I've been through it all as well. And that's exactly why we created a tool called Guestio. 
Guestio is an all-in-one tool dedicated to helping you streamline your guesting workflow and grow your audience through finding, booking, and managing the top-tier guests and shows that you actually want to have. So you can go on there, discover new guests and platforms, pay them directly to be on your show, schedule interviews with them in the booking calendar in the application, communicate with our built-in messaging system, download an easily shareable press kit that has all their bio information, their headshots, their links, anything else that you might need for your content creation process and manage all of that from a single dashboard. You can book guests like Manny Pacquiao and Jordan Harbinger and Lori Harder, Brandon Turner, and many, many, many others without ever actually leaving Guestio. So if you're tired of being rejected and ignored by the top guests that you want and sick of using a dozen different tools to manage your workflow, then you're going to want to head over to guestio.com right now to sign up for a free account and start using Guestio today. That's G-U-E-S-T-I-O. Dot com. Stu, what's up, brother? Thanks so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Travis, thank you for having me, my man. It's an honor. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I want to go ahead and get started here with some context. I think context provides some much needed clarity into the rest of the conversation that we have. So let's go ahead and take it back, bro. Like way back, talking 10, 11-year-old Stu Massengill. <laughs> uh, you know, talk to me about where you grew up and you know what your family was like, what were your parents doing at the time? Yeah, I love that. So my upbringing was honestly, it was a a great upbringing. I grew up in a great family, got two great parents and an awesome older brother. And for me, I kind of grew up, I had an older brother and he was like the stud. He was the outgoing one. He was the social one. He was kind of like the sibling that you look at and you're like, oh, this kid's going to crush it. Hmm. And then I was more sort of like the shy, quiet, introverted, kind of felt like I was in a shell my entire upbringing. And that's, that's kind of the way that I lived a long majority of my life until I was probably 19 years old. I went to college, had some things that, that really shifted that. But that was definitely a big part of my life was being a little bit more shy, a little bit more introverted and quiet. And other than that, you know, childhood was just, was just enjoying life, you know, having fun, being a kid, playing around, you know, with neighbors and all that good stuff. So yeah, man, life was pretty good. So you were always pretty shy and introverted at that time then? Yeah, for me, I was the type of person that if I was around like my close friends, I would talk. But if I was around a stranger or someone that I didn't know, like there was zero way you would ever get me to have a conversation with that person. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. So definitely introvert by definition, really. Yeah. I tried growing up to sort of like build a little bit of space around the word shy because I kind of had this understanding. I don't know really where it came from, but that if I marked myself as shy, that I was going to become that. So I kind of always was like, I'm sort of a shy person, but I don't want to like go as far as to say I'm shy because then I know I'll embody it. And so I kind of always was shy, but I, I was like conscious of the fact that I was shy. So I always tried to build space around it, but I, I was definitely a bit quieter for sure. How did that translate into your experience like in school and stuff? Was it negative, positive, or pretty neutral? It was negative, I would say. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So for me, you know, I went through high school and I was, again, the type of kid that if I was around my friends, I would have a conversation. But you know, if there was like a cute girl I wanted to talk to, you know, someone I just wanted to have a random conversation with, I would never do it. Hmm. And when I went to college, I remember there was this question my mom asked me on the way to driving to school. She goes, what's the one thing you want to get out of college? And for me, I said, I just want to learn to come out of my shell. I was like, I know that I can come out of this. I know that like there's more in me, but I just don't, I literally just do not understand humans. Like that was my take is I didn't want to approach humans because I truthfully was like, I like, what do people talk about? Like I hadn't, I just didn't understand it. And so for me, that's the conversation I had with her was like, I want to come out of my shell once I go to school. And then I went to San Diego State and it was probably the first 
honestly about the first year that I kind of just remained in my own lane. And I didn't really know anyone when I went to college. You know, there was maybe one other person from my high school that went. So I kind of just went through college. And again, like my neighbors, I I got to know them because I had to because I was in the dorm with them. But other than that, I didn't really branch out a ton. And it, it definitely helped me back from just like, I mean, now I've learned to come out of that shell. Sure. And just realize, like, not only the opportunities that can come to your life from coming out of your shell, but like the enjoyment you get in your life, whether it's a random conversation with a stranger in the grocery line store, or it's, you know what I mean? Like there's so many things outside of how it can help you in your career and your profession in your life. And just a happiness standpoint that it really can change. What were your parents doing at the time? Like when you were growing up? Yeah. So my mom, ironically, she's a life coach. And so as I grew up, I think she like probed us with all these little messages that I wasn't like fully able to come conscious of until I was 19. And I started really diving into personal development. And then my dad was a doctor. So he was more, you know, the traditional type and still is where he's like, you know, show me the facts. And then my mom's a little bit more like, you know, what's the vision? How can we manifest it? That's Um, funny, man. That's definitely a big dichotomy there in the same (laughs) household growing up for sure. Yeah. When you say you got into personal development at 19, I'm sure that was something that your mom was maybe pushing you toward your entire life growing up. What made you make the decision to kind of move into that world? Yeah. So it was interesting. So I was at college, a buddy of mine and I, we were trying to start up a business, a skateboarding company. And one day I got a call from one of my best friends and he says, Stu, we're not doing that anymore. I found something else. Like I found a pot of gold. We're doing this. And it was actually a network marketing company. Uh, And what I realized rather quickly when I got into that business was you either learn to get good with people and you can succeed, or if you don't, then you're going to fail. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a theme that even as I've transitioned out of that, I've realized like that's a theme for your life, right? Sure. If you're really good with people, you're going to go farther in life. Like I don't care what type of industry you're in, what type of business you own. It's like ultimately you are in the people business. If you have a shoe business, you're not in the shoe business. You're in the people business. You do shoes, right? If you're mm-hmm. in the marketing industry and you're working your way up, you're not really in the marketing space. You're in the people space. You just do marketing. And so I got introduced to that. And one thing my parents always shared with me that I think has been a blessing in my life is they said, encourage, don't discourage. Hmm. And so when I was first introduced to this network marketing space and personal development, they were like, encourage, don't discourage. And it even took me so far to drop out of school, drop out of college. I eventually came back. But in that process, again, they were like, all right, this is something you love. You're passionate about it. We'll encourage you. We'll see where it takes you. And it was one of the most powerful things in my life, really going down that path. Yeah, it's interesting, man, because I talk to a lot of people now. And obviously, my my network is filled with a bunch of entrepreneurs. And yeah. we have this conversation. I've had this conversation with a bunch of people who are no longer in network marketing. And uh, even some of them probably even would even talk crap about the industry. But a lot of them started in the same place. And attribute a lot of their personal development journey and the person that they've become today and the growth mindset that they've adopted because network marketing put them on that path to be able to become a better person, which really embodies to me the perks of doing something like that when you're younger. For me, it was door-to-door direct sales in a different way for someone like you, network marketing. And then if you're a young entrepreneur, you're definitely dabbled in network marketing at some point if you haven't gone all in. Can you talk about the importance of the trajectory that that set you on at such a young age? Yeah. So I think for me, when I got into network marketing, 
One of the really big things that I learned was how important it is to get uncomfortable. One of my mentors used to always say successful people do what's uncomfortable until it becomes comfortable. And that's why they're successful. And so when I got into this space, I was in network marketing for about three and a half years. It took me down this really deep path of like, what makes me extremely uncomfortable? And how do I attack that Mm. so that I can grow from it so that I can ultimately be more and then I can ultimately give more to the world, I can help more people. And so I did network marketing for three and a half years. And it changed my life. It really took me from the space of, as I mentioned earlier, I truly did not know what humans talked about. Like I didn't know how people had conversations, what they spoke about, how someone carried on a conversation for an hour, let alone 10 minutes. And so when I got into network marketing, it really taught me how to communicate with people, how to work with people, how to build strong relationships with people. And sort of after I transitioned out of that, I would say the biggest theme is in everything in my life that I've continued to pursue, one of the biggest silver linings has been building relationships. Hmm. And one belief that I have is that through effective communication and networking, you truly can open any door of opportunity, right? Yes. Like if, if you don't know what you want to do with your life, if you start to network, you're going to figure it out. If you know what you want to do with your life, if you network and communicate effectively, you can actually do the work that makes you so passionate, so fulfilled. You wake up every day. You have the cliche saying of, you know, you never work a day in your life if you love what you do, mm-hmm. if you can be an effective networker and communicator. And so I would say that's been one of the biggest themes of my life. You know, now I do work with Tony Robbins. I was able to, to get to that through communicating and networking. And throughout the rest of my life, I mean, that'll be a huge silver lining that will stay. And I'm sure, obviously, with everything you do, you would, um, you would agree that, you know, networking, communicating, it is unbelievably powerful if you can really master that. Yeah, I feel like I've been known to talk about networking a little bit every once in a while. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I c- couldn't agree with you more on that, my man. So talk to me about what was post network marketing. You said it was enough to drop out of school. Was that due to the success that you were having or due to like the fact that you really wanted to put, you know, go all in on it? Yeah, I mean, both. So, you know, I was doing it so full-fledged that eventually got to the point where I think I went back to school. I took three classes. I didn't do good in any of them because all I was doing was working on the business. And I just got to the point where if I really wanted to have the success that I wanted, I knew I needed to put school on the back burner. School is always going to be there. I can always come back if I need to but let me focus on what's really growing in my life. And so I went full-fledged with network marketing, absolutely, and just completely dove into that. Yeah. So then if it was going so well, what happened at, you know, three and a half years in that made you take another pivot? Basically, I was in the business for three and a half years, and I'm a massive believer in following your heart and just really letting your intuition or the universe or God, whatever you want to call it, just lead you. And so for me, I kind of had this place in my heart where, it just didn't feel right. It was probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make in my life. And then like, I believe everything happens for a reason. What happened was crazy is that there started to be some actual like turmoil within the company that was going on. And it was honestly, for me, it was a blessing. It was an opportunity to say, this is my exit, right? This is how I get out because there's some stuff going on with the company now. I can use this as a reason to leave. Because, you know, we had a team of probably 3,000 people. And so to just go to them and be like, hey, I'm not doing this anymore. It was like, hard for my morals to go to all those people that I had, you know, sold this dream to really and say, Hey, this isn't, this isn't my dream anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But when some stuff happened in the company, it was an opportunity to say, Hey, my heart's in another place. You know, I'm going to go this other direction. And so when I left that, that's when I went into this big journey of, all right, I'm not in network marketing anymore. What do I actually want to do with my life? You know, that was fun. That was great. I enjoyed it extremely. So much. I enjoyed it. 
but what am I really supposed to do in life? And so I went back to where I was before network marketing, which was building a skateboarding company. And I said, I love action sports. Let me go into that industry. Let me build something here. And, and that's what's truly going to light me up. And I thought that, that was going to be my purpose in this world. And so again, networking, communicating came in, right? I started meeting the president of all these different companies, started networking with people like the president of Layered. His Layered's like a big time surfer, started meeting with people like Rob Deerdeck, all these different people. And long story short, it led me to an internship at Vans, which I knew someone who knew someone who knew someone who got me the, the position. And I had one of the... Wait, wait, so, so the job that you got was through something called networking? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I believe that like, if you really want to do something that you're passionate, you're excited about, that if you're like filling out job applications to get a job, I just believe that that's such not the way to do it. And I know it's, that's kind of like a, a bold statement. And obviously, yes, people do get jobs through job applications and things of that sort. But sure. you know, it's like, if you can do it through networking, you are going to have hundred times more opportunity because of that relationship. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's literal statistics behind that, man. I think it's like 74% of jobs are gotten through networking or a contact, <laughs> not through like just an application, like 74%. Yeah, it's so, huge. Like, if you are only just sitting there and just filling out a ton of applications online, then um, you're starting off at a disadvantage. You're starting off already trying to be the 24% or you know 26%. Yeah, you know, odds are not in your favor. So yeah, that's just from the starting point. Now you got to factor in all the rest of the other things that are going into, into the equation, into the process. So yeah, I mean, there's real stats behind that. Yeah, it's wild. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 
But anyway, sorry, go ahead. You, you were saying uh, that path that you were going down and you got that job through networking. Exactly. And then I had this crazy experience one day. I was working at Vans. They have the coolest headquarters. It's like by far anyone that loves action sports, go work at Vans. They're awesome. But I had this crazy experience where I was sitting at my desk one day and I went, if I woke up in 10, 20 years and I owned this company, because my goal ultimately was to own a company in the action sports space. I said, would I be happy, excited, ecstatic, and just like, wow, like this is amazing. And instantly what, what popped into my head was no, what I want to do is directly work with people and, and help people. Because for me, like Vans does incredible work, right? Their product's awesome. But for me, there's no greater feeling than having someone come to you and say, like, thank you so much. You changed my life. Like that is like the top of the top. And so once I had that crazy experience of, wow, this actually isn't what I wanted to do. Then I began to go down that journey of, all right, now it's working directly with people. And that's ultimately what led me to working with Tony, because I believe, you know, I'm obviously biased. I work for Tony now, but I've been studying him for the last eight years. And I just believe if you can find someone that has what you want and you can model them, then you can compress decades into years. And that's ultimately what led me to networking and doing work with Tony now. Yeah, that's the big thing right there, bro, is exactly what you just said. What I always tell people is networking is like a fast pass. Like, do you need it to be able to have success? No, you do not. But if you want to compress the amount of time that it takes you to learn this new craft or this new industry or niche or whatever that you're diving into, then networking is the answer to that. It gives you a fast pass to the front of the line. You still got to do the work. Like you still got to walk to the front of the line. It doesn't just magically teleport you to the front. You still got to walk the same steps the people before you've walked, but you're walking all those steps while you're like passing up all the other people that are waiting in the line. You know what I mean? Like you just get to go you get to pass up all these people that are trying to figure it out on their own because you have a direct line to somebody who's at the front that's pulling you up to the front of that line. So I couldn't agree with you more there, bro. Yeah. And one thing I think on there too is like, I think you see so many people in today's world where they're like, oh, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And, you know, there's so many things that I could do and I don't, you know, have all the time to try all this when the reality is like, if you're not 60 years old, you have plenty of time to try these different things and figure it out. But I think if you're not 80 years old anymore, yeah, you like, know what I mean? Like, like 60 right, and is so young now. Yeah. And it's so interesting because if you really use networking to figure out what you want to do with your life, it's like all of a sudden now, let's say you had five things you thought you were interested in, rather than trying five different things over, you know, 10 years and figuring out what you like, what you don't like. So you ultimately get to the promised land. You use networking to now, instead of it taking 10 years to taste all those different things, it takes a year, two years, maybe three years. Mm. And now you have so much clarity on what you don't want to do. And that gives you so much more clarity on what it is that you do want to do. Yeah. Become an epic experimenter. This is a Truly. theme that's been coming up a lot recently with some of the guests we've had on the show. And it's something that I really, really truly believe in is just experimenting with a lot of different things and trying to figure out where your strengths meet your passion and then where your connections, your connections and your network can come into play on those things. And uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more there, bro. Just going to share a funny analogy that I think ties this all together. Yeah, it's like, for example, if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, well, how does this apply to work or what I want to do with my life? I would say like, think of when you found out that you liked pizza. Right. If we take that simple example, when you found out you liked pizza, did you go up to it? You looked at it, you smelled it. You were like, oh my God, the, the pepperonis look really good. Your friend came up and said, yo, pizza's good. And you were like, yeah, I like pizza. 
Or did you actually try the pizza and then you were like, holy crap, pizza is delicious. I'm going to eat pizza the rest of my life. It was like <laughs> you tried it. And so many people get caught up in this ideology of looking at things and analyzing and wondering what it's going to taste like when they're in that world that they never actually taste it. And you have to start to understand that when you actually are in something and you are tasting it, you have such a different experience than just looking at it and wondering what it's going to taste like. Like you have to actually go taste it just like you tasted pizza and found out that you love pizza. Yeah. Love that, man. Love that. Uh, I got to ask you this question. I'm pretty freaking sure I know the answer to it at this point based on the conversation <laughs> yeah. we've had, yeah. but I got to ask it because it's, it's, the, it's the question that I've asked everybody that's ever been on the show. And it kind of drives this conversation a little bit more. So who you know or what you know, Stu, which of those two do you view as being more important and why? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to absolutely say who you know. And then why would be, I think we've definitely talked about it, but I think to go into that rabbit hole a little bit of who you know, I think it's also a little bit of what you know, yeah. because if you know all the right people, there's a second piece in this puzzle that helps you truly open that door and it's called adding value. Yes. Because if you can meet the right person and then you, you share with them, how can I, like you simple, ask a simple question, how can I add value to what it is that you're doing? Can I volunteer? Can I work for free? Can I help volunteer for something you're doing on the weekend? Are there any side projects that I could do? Like you just see how can you add value or you even go into what they're doing and find a way that you can add value and then bring that solution to them. That's even better. That's the golden part right there is like don't exactly the homework of trying to figure out how you can help them, but like just figure it out and then yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like be the action taker. It's like you're bringing them like a bowl of ice cream and you're like, here you go. Like this is the best ice cream ever created in the world. Do you want it? Like obviously yeah. they're going to say yes. Yeah, I couldn't agree. I mean, so many things that are things that we talk about here on the show uh, pretty frequently yeah. and, and obviously things that uh, you live your life by. Can you give us any sort of, you know, like, like if we're going to boil it down to one major thing and obviously we mentioned adding value, we've mentioned communication and things, but one singular thing besides those that would be able to increase people's ability listening right now to connect more genuinely with the people that they talk to. What, what, what? Totally. So I'm going to give one and a bonus one, if that's okay. For sure. Um, I think there's creating conversation and then there's creating connection. And so when I share earlier that I had no idea what people talked about, like I do not joke about that because I I couldn't fathom what people said. So two things that I would say is, you know, if you're listening to this and maybe you're in that same place of like, what do people talk about? How do people really have those engaging conversations is a simple acronym. And it could be the most profound thing that I've ever learned in my life. It's extremely simple. And it's an acronym called FORM. And it stands for Family, Occupation, Recreation, and Motivation. Hmm. And all it is, is it is a foundational building block for communication, right? So F is family or from. So when you go into a conversation with someone, you say, Oh, where are you from? You talk about that a little bit. What's your family like? You talk about that. What do you do for work? You talk about that. Fun. What are your dreams, goals, aspirations, blah, blah, blah. Now, the second part on how you truly create that genuine human connection is you want to find a common ground of interest. Mm. Because what you want to understand is that people's favorite subject in the world, it's themselves. Their favorite word in the world, it's their name. Yeah. So by default, because people's favorite subject is themselves, they like people like themselves. Yeah. Right. So if we took a quick example, let's say that you are in Egypt, hypothetically, and you're walking around and you have a random conversation with a stranger and you're like, oh, I'm from Bloomberg, Indiana, right? Some small little town. And they're like, oh my God, I'm from Bloomberg, Indiana. All of a sudden it's like, holy crap, we're best friends. Your walls come down. We build these 
it's like you could tell them your deepest, darkest secrets, right? Because everyone is, they're always walking around as humans, we're walking around with walls. And what allows us to bring those walls down and create true connection is finding a common ground of interest. So to kind of sum that all up, I would say use form to have communication with someone and then throughout form, find a way that you can find a common ground of interest with them because innately that's letting them know that you're like them. They'll bring their walls down and then you can actually create that true human connection. And then from there, you know, you add the value, people are going to want to help you. Love it, man. So practical and uh, advice that we've gotten on the show, you know, the form acronym is something that, that we get for sure several times, but every time someone brings it up, I'm always really, really happy that they brought it up because it's so valuable and so practical because most yeah. people don't network because they find themselves so awkward in situations when they're trying to talk to somebody <laughs> yeah. that they haven't met before. And it's just so, so good to bring up that acronym and remember a few things to kind of get the conversation moving in that direction. And then exactly your second piece of advice is exactly what I tell people to do is just go through some things, become an epic listener and question asker. Yeah. And then in that discovery, you'll find some areas where there's going to be some overlap where like kind of what you and I were talking about before we hit the record button about you know, watching the NBA finals and like yeah. you find little things like that, that you're going to have in common with somebody. There's always commonalities there and going through that list and becoming a really good question asker and listener will allow you to be able to connect with people more. The reason to do it this way, instead of gargling up some elevator pitch and, mm -hmm. and then leaving people wondering what just happened when you leave the conversation is that people are never going to remember. They're talking to a hundred people that night, just like you are. They're not going to exactly. remember, like people will never remember what you say but they will always remember how you made them feel. And if you are somebody that focuses on them and puts the attention on them and asks good questions and really look like you're listening and paying attention and, and trying to add value as much as you can where you can without ever asking them for anything in return for any of the stuff that you're trying to help them out with or whatever, if you become that person, you make people feel really awesome about themselves in a genuine way, not trying to, you know, kiss, kiss yeah. their ass just for the sake of doing that and becoming a good networker. Like if you're just genuinely trying to connect with those people, they're going to leave the conversation feeling better about themselves than when they went into the conversation. And that's going to be the emotion that they associate with your face. Even if they forget your name, they're going to be like, oh, it was interesting and cool talking to that person because you made them feel better about who they are by talking about them more and actually listening and paying attention. So Stu, yeah. I appreciate you coming on the show today, bro. Let's go ahead and move into the last segment here. Something we have to call the random round. Just some quick random yeah. questions, quick random answers. Ready? Let's get it. What profession other than your own do you think that it would be fun to attempt? I would want to attempt snowboarding professionally. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, chat for an hour, who would it be? Abraham Lincoln. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, videos? I am an audiobook and a book book person and podcast. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Yeah, so my morning routine is a little bit lengthy, but I wake up, I do... 30 minutes. My first 30 minutes a day is just eating a bowl of cereal or eating breakfast, avocado toast, whatever I have. Then after that, I'll move my body, do some sort of workout for 30 minutes to an hour. Then after that, I do a 30 minute sort of meditation where I practice gratitude, think of the things I'm grateful for in my life, visualize things I want to create, write them down, do a little bit of affirmations, say a prayer. And then that's, that's about my morning routine. What is your go-to pump-up song? <laughs> My go-to pump-up song is probably, I think it's called Black Skinhead by Kanye West because that song was basically ingrained in, to my brain when I was learning to speak more and yeah, it has a lot of good memories from it. What is something that you are just not very good at generally? Confrontation. And as we get everything wrapped up here, bro, what's one place online where our listeners can go to connect with you the most? 
Yeah, if people want to connect, definitely happy to to help out in any way that I can. I would say the best place to go is for anyone that wants to get better at networking, they can get one of our eBooks. It's for free. It's called Five Steps to Meeting Anyone You Desire for Introverts. And all they do is just go to findingdirectionuniversity.com slash giveaway. So happy to help people there. And if people have any questions, anything I can support, just reach out. Findingdirectionuniversity.com slash giveaway. Head on over there to pick up that ebook totally for free. I appreciate you mentioning that, Stu. Thanks so much for coming on the show today, my man. I appreciate you and uh, happy to have you on. It was a fun conversation. Absolutely. Thank you, Travis. It was an honor, man. Well, that's it for this episode. If you want to connect with me and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join my free Facebook group, The Lounge. I'll see you over there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.